Hello and welcome to Sesso Says So. This is a biology revision podcast aimed to help you with your GCSE biology revision. Now, before I get into this episode's topic, make sure you subscribe to my podcast channel and follow me on at Sesso Says So on all social media platforms. So in this episode, we'll continue looking at the topic, Uses of Biological Resources Part 2. So by the end of this episode, you should be able to describe the regulation of crop growth, describe the process of selective breeding, and explain what happens in genetic engineering. So without further ado, let's get into it. Sunlight, water, carbon dioxide and mineral ions. These are all examples of vital necessities for plant growth. This knowledge is exploited by the agricultural industry towards the production of crops. Farmers improve crop yield by creating an environment that stimulates maximum growth. For example, plants are grown in glass houses to improve the temperature for optimum enzyme activity. Burning fuels also raises the temperature and increases the carbon dioxide concentration, a raw material for photosynthesis. The pH and the contents of the soil can be controlled. This is to ensure that there is a balance of water, nitrate, magnesium, potassium and phosphate ions. Artificial lights can also be used to mimic that of the sun to increase the rate of photosynthesis and therefore more crop growth. Farmers also have to be aware of organisms that may destroy their crops. These are known as pests. Pests can be controlled biologically or chemically. Introducing a predator is an example of biological control. Unfortunately, this is not a permanent fix. Pesticides are an example of chemical control. A disadvantage for this is the possible formation of pesticide-resistant organisms. This is due to a mutation, meaning the pesticide will no longer have an effect on the pests. Okay, well, it's time for our first pit stop. Okay, so for this pit stop, all you have to do is answer the following questions. Number one, give an example of a form of a biological control of pests. Number two, what factors can be controlled by farmers to increase crop growth? And finally, number three, give an example of a form of a chemical control of pests. Okay, well, pause the podcast, give yourself a chance to think of those answers, and we'll be back with the correct answers in three, two, and one. Okay, so you had to answer the following questions. Number one, give an example of a form of a biological control of pests. A correct example could be introducing a predator. Number two, what factors can be controlled by farmers to increase crop growth? Correct answers for this, light intensity, carbon dioxide concentration, soil pH, soil contents, and temperature. And then finally, number three, give an example of a form of a chemical control of pests. A correct answer for this is chemical pesticides. So if you got those answers correct, great job. And now we're going to move on into the next segment. Imagine trying to create an organism where you are able to choose the characteristics to create an ideal being. To a certain extent, this is how selective breeding works. As the name would suggest, organisms are being bred based on selected characteristics. Farmers have been carrying out selective breeding on crops and livestock for a long time. Livestock are selectively bred based on their ability to either produce more meat, offspring, milk, quality of fur, the list is endless. 
So let's look at an example of selective breeding amongst cows. For milk farmers, their priority is to produce large volumes of milk, so they will need cows that will produce large volumes of milk. A female cow that has a history of producing large volumes of milk will mate with a bull that has a history of producing daughters that produce large volumes of milk. This crossbreeding will continue for a number of generations until the majority of the offsprings are daughters that produce a large volume of milk, the initial desired characteristic. There are a number of disadvantages associated with the use of selective breeding, such as the reduction in species diversity. The majority of the organisms produced are more likely to suffer from the same mutation due to this reduction in the gene pool. Okay, well it's time for our second pit stop. Okay, so in this pit stop you have to answer the following questions. Number one, give three examples of desired characteristics that can be selectively bred amongst livestock. Number two, why is selective breeding important? And finally, number three, why are selectively bred organisms more likely to be affected by the same mutation? Okay, well, pause the podcast, give yourself a chance to think of those answers, and we'll be back with the correct answers in three, two, and one. So you had to answer the following questions. Number one, give three examples of desired characteristics that can be selectively bred amongst livestock. The correct answers could be any of the following, more milk, more offspring, more meat or quality of fur. Number two, why is selective breeding important? The correct answer for this, so it can produce a large number of organisms with a desired characteristic. And finally, number three, why are selectively bred organisms more likely to be affected by the same mutation? This is because there is a reduced gene pool and organisms are genetically similar. So if you got those answers correct, amazing job. And now we're going to move on into the final segment. Genetic engineering is another example of how humans can manipulate and control the outcome of a product from organisms. We are going to look at how insulin can be produced using genetic engineering. So first of all, a gene that determines the desired characteristic, in this case it's the gene responsible for producing insulin, is extracted. Then a plasmid, which is a circular DNA, is isolated from a separate bacteria cell. Restriction enzymes are used to cut open the plasmid. The desired gene has sticky ends and is inserted into the plasmid. The plasmid is now known as a recombinant plasmid because it contains a different gene, and in this case, it's the gene responsible for the production of insulin. Bacteria takes up the new recombinant plasmid, asexual reproduction occurs, and the new bacteria cells produced now contain the gene responsible for producing insulin. Bacteria cells will therefore produce insulin, and eventually this will be extracted and packaged for use. Okay, well, it's time for our final pit stop. So these are the end of episode summary questions. So get a notepad book or use your phone so that you can write down the answers. Number one, what enzyme cuts open the plasmid? Number two, what is a recombinant plasmid? And finally, number three, what is the name given to organisms that may damage or destroy crops? Okay, we'll give yourself a chance to make a note of those answers and we'll be back with the correct answers in three, two and one. So number one asked what enzyme cuts open the plasmid? The correct answer is 
a restriction enzyme. Number two asked, what is a recombinant plasmid? And the correct answer is the combination of the plasmid and the inserted gene. And then finally, number three, what is the name given to the organisms that may damage or destroy crops? And the correct answer for this are pests. So if you got the answers to these questions correct, awesome job. And now we're going to move on into the closing segment. So there you have it, uses of biological resources part two, all summarized nicely in a nutshell. Remember, these episodes are here for you, so take full advantage of them. Be sure to follow me on my social platform at Sese Sesso on Instagram for daily biology updates and subscribe to my podcast channel, which can be found on most streaming platforms. So join me again for the next episode, which may I add is the penultimate episode of season one, and we'll be continuing on with the topic uses of biological resources part three. Why? Because Sese says so.